Behind him, the study was crammed full with people. Miss Barker squeezed past the portly stomach and took the vacant Windsor chair by the window, and the door closed gently upon her. He's sweet, Miss Purbright said, looking fondly at the door. I went to his service at Castle Coombe last Sunday and introduced myself in the porch afterwards, and he invited me to the vicarage to have coffee and meet his wife. Abby was amazed. Is that allowed? I mean, it does seem a bit underhand, I agree. But you see, they don't know any of us personally, only what we've told them in those application form things. So it helps them if they've met us socially. Jobs down here are very difficult to get. Yes, I know. I'm surprised, though, that you and Miss Barker would consider burying yourself in such a tiny place. It will be terribly dull all through the winter, surely. Well, it's only thirty miles from Casterbridge, of course. That's my home. Abby thought thirty miles sounded a long way on a dark winter's night after a full day at school. My boyfriend's got a Mercedes, Miss Purbright added, looking down her long nylon legs to one pointed toe. Abby wondered whether, after all, she would have opted for Miss Purbright to teach Christopher. And suddenly, as so often happened, her breath caught in her throat. A teacher for Christopher. If only. They sat silently. From outside, the sound of children bursting into the playground came to their ears. Abby smiled reminiscently, somehow restored by the cheerful babble. There would be milk for the little ones, and a quick coffee for the teacher by an open doorway and a succession of confidences and complaints. Look at this empty snail shell, miss. Where's the snail gone? That big boy came and spoiled our game, miss. The sun was hot, and some of the less hardy ones would want to sit in the shade of the big elm, and perhaps the little girls would play house there. Children didn't change. Abby felt her smile deepen. Was this her reason for coming back? the unchangingness of children. But then why here, so far away in tiny Linstowel? Miss Purbright cleared her throat. I just thought, I suppose she... An elegant finger stabbed in the direction of the school. I suppose there's no playtimes for her. I mean, she must have to do continuous playground duty. Yes, and dinner duty. We won't have much chance to talk to her. Quite. Miss Purbright made a face, obviously thinking of other things besides an informative chat with the present teacher. The study door opened again, and Miss Barker came back into the sitting room, smiling thanks over her shoulder. Abby began to gather up her handbag, but the door closed again. They want a few moments to chat me over, the dark girl explained, flopping exhausted into a chair. What a grilling. Actually, I'm not too sure I want the blessed job now. They're terribly formal in their educational ideas. And there's something fishy about it all. Fishy? Miss Purbright pounced. I don't know. I could be absolutely wrong. I got the feeling they expected me to run the school as if it were a beleaguered fort. No outings or trips, do you mean? Prompted Miss Purbright. 
Probably the few families down here are very hard up and can't manage any extras. Well, I don't know. It's just a feeling. There's one man there. I think he's the important one. His name's Lampton. He keeps chipping in with completely irrelevant questions. Abby vaguely remembered the name. There was a big farm out on the cliff road, simply called the Lampton Place. What sort of questions? asked Miss Purbright curiously, and not quite so avidly. Abby sensed her cooling attitude. Well, he suddenly asked me if I could mend a fuse. I was in the middle of explaining about the initial teaching alphabet. Do they use that reading method? Abby asked. She had never met ITA, either at college or at her teaching posts afterwards. No, and they don't like it either. Anyway, Mr. Lampton's not the chairman, Miss Purbright said almost.